0: And then Colby's like, I have so much dirt on that dude, if I wanted to eliminate him.
1: Where's Colby with this dirt? Get him out here.
0: Seriously, (laughs) we need need Terry Colby.
1: Hello,
2: friend.
0: You're listening to Decrypted, Ars Technico's Mr. Robot podcast. This week, how about that finale? We'll explore the season as a whole, plus what the finale answered and questions it raised. And as a bonus we've got our interview with Stephanie Corneliusen, a.k.a. Joanna Wellick. Ars is Nathan Matice here. Thanks for tuning in to Decrypted. If you are tuning in this week because you want to hear our interview with Stephanie Corneliusen, a.k.a. Joanna Wellick, fast forward right to the last 15 minutes of this episode. But if you want some insight on the Season 2 finale, I've got a special treat. The finale f- was a wild two hours of television that capped off an even wilder second season. In such situations, there's one thing I always do. Immediately dive into all the nitty gritty with my friends. So, for this week's final edition of Mr. Robot Decrypted, I called up two of my old college radio colleagues. Brianna Collins is a illustrator and designer in Brooklyn, and Mike Stutchlak is a photographer in Pennsylvania. You can catch them tweeting about Mr. Robot, typically week to week. Brianna is at Leia Organa underscore solo, and Mike is at Mike MikeStutchlak, which is S-T-U-C-H-L-A-K. We used to talk about 90s music on our college radio show and left no detail uncovered. So we did the same thing with Mr. Robot. All right, so Mr. Robot Season 2 has ended, and I felt like I needed to do what I would do Anytime a show of mine is done for the season, I called a couple of friends. I've got my former radio colleagues and pals, Brianna Collins and Mike Stutchlak, on the line. Guys, thank you for the emergency podcast on a weekend.
2: Thank you. Anytime. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: We're long overdue. We used to do this in college, but it was mostly about '90s music. So we can touch on the full house segment at some point. Yes, that and Phil Collins. I've never seen money burn in such a beautiful and poetic way.
2: (laughs) Take me home. That was my favorite scene of the whole. (laughs) Oh yeah, take me home. That scene was amazing. My favorite of the whole season.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll we'll get to the whole season in a second, but I feel like we got to start at the ending. The finale is is hot on everybody's minds, and I just wanted to get your reactions to it
2: wow the finale was was insane i feel like we there are a lot of questions left i i, I got a hand it to joanna wellick she is <laughs> just i think just about the coldest person on television right now you pussy you piece
3: of shit i hope you
0: rot in hell like your wife i'm glad she's dead fuck her in her fetus corpse I don't think I've ever heard a line meaner than when she told poor Scott Knowles, F your dead wife, F your dead fetus corpse.
2: Seriously, seriously. <laughs> I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but he went through that whole soliloquy about saying to her, you know, I just wanted you to to have hope and have it dash like me, and I wanted, to, I wanted you to feel my pain, and I'm sitting there going like, well, she doesn't have a soul, so this isn't going to work. <laughs> For her to say what she said, like, I was even shocked by that. I knew she was cold, but I didn't know, I mean, wow. The FCC certainly
0: not uh, censoring. I think we got the C word there, and then also uh, dead fetus corpse, no problem.
2: Well, I was watching it with a a couple friends of mine, and one of my friends was like, hold on a second, you can say the C word, but (laughs) you can't say the F word? What's going on here?
0: Antiquated FCC standards, certainly. Yeah,
2: really. (laughs) Sam Esmo was like, I'm taking advantage of this.
0: (laughs) I feel like that scene in particular is when we start to get a sense of just how conniving and well thought out Joanna Welk is. That might have been the most, like, her, her story arc and the way it ends in season two might have been the most satisfying Long Kong payoff I can think of. Stutch, you were saying, like, it's it goes back to season one. The machinations were there the whole time, and we finally got a grand scope of her plan.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the many times that we uh, we saw her with the new boyfriend you'd think like what is what's her deal with this guy because she's clearly way out of his league which was definitely up to something but, but i really didn't think that was coming that was very calculated
0: on her part she had the foresight the night this murder happens to identify here's this mm-hmm. scrub dj that was at the scene of the crime <laughs> it's mind blowing stuff
2: you guys are you guys are blowing my oh, mind yeah. right now because i didn't even put that together
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why everyone online refers to her as a Lady Macbeth type. She's so calculated. And because, you know, like you were saying, Brianna, we got so few answers, or maybe we got answers, but then we got even more questions. The yeah. fact that we kind of got to see the grand scope of what she had going on, uh, that might have been the most satisfying thing about the finale for me.
2: I think so. Between Joanna and Terrell, I think she far exceeds his, his level of, of power and control, Certainly in, in terms of her
0: intellect and foresight, like Terrell might be a little too instinctual and emotional. Like when he kills Mrs. Knowles, I forget what her first name, Sharon, maybe. You don't necessarily think that was his original intent.
2: Yeah, I don't think, it, yeah. I, I don't, it seems like he was just sort of overtaken by, as you were saying, his emotion in that moment. Meanwhile, his, his wife is calm, cool, and collected throughout the entire thing and, and is willing to, just play everybody, even her own husband. And and
0: comes up with an amazing plan that we only get the full sense of at the end of season two, which, is that's pretty cool. Kudos to the writer staff on that one.
2: And is also willing to induce her own la- <laughs> labor with a fork. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, man, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she might be the toughest character. There's no doubt about that.
2: I think
1: so. Her explanation when, when they murdered a car attendant of why... <laughs> you drug him and not and then give him uh knowledge of the reason why he's dying (laughs) that is some crazy crazy stuff man if i may why drug him would have been just as easy to shoot
3: and leave killing a man instantly robs him of explanation he has no time to process
2: his final moments now even though he was paralyzed his mind was still able to understand why his life was ending. Can I can I draw a parallel there? I think we talked about this a little bit on Twitter too, but one of the craziest things for me about that was I was like, oh man, she's so cold. And then basically Darlene does the same thing when she kills uh Madame Executioner.
0: Yeah, Jacob's because she hooks her up to like a pole. Goes yeah,
2: to- gives her a whole speech and says, basically, like, this is why this is why I'm making you suffer and and This is why I'm in your house. And I basically like she knew why she was dying pretty much. And so that parallel between Darlene, who we're sort of supposed to feel sympathy for and Joanna Wellick, who we're supposed to think is an ice queen. (laughs) I was I was blown away by that.
0: And I think unlike Terrell murdering something, Darlene portrays it so that it can be an accident when she has to go back to the group. But 100 percent. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Stutch, what stands out to you now that we kind of hit the end of season two and we just got this finale? Uh, what was your, you know, the most holy crap moment for you?
1: It was really big. Big on seeing Tyrell again. Not locked <laughs> in the trunk of a car in the 80s. That I enjoyed. I liked the whole getting to find out what stage two is. Yeah, Of course they were trying to be rebuilding the company and all of their their assets, their deeds, their titles. Dumb of them to put it in one building. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see the hubris of, of a company like that as well. Even the hack didn't seem to bother, um, well, possibly because he had knowledge of it beforehand. But, <laughs> but um, some of the people at E Corp don't seem to mind being hacked at all. I'm sure they have the arrogance to think that, let's put all the documents in one building, why not?
0: <laughs> yeah, what could happen? Nothing bad will happen. <laughs> I'm with you. It definitely, Phil Price knew about that initial hack the whole time. And I, I, one of my questions going into the next season will be, if if he really is feuding with Wright Rose, has his knowledge been cut off now? Is whatever happens next, Phil Price is no longer in on.
2: He seems to me, he's the only one who talks in these soliloquies about how how powerful he is and uh, to me that just makes him seem like he's so much less powerful than somebody like white rose like white rose doesn't need to tell anybody but she's literally killed people before forgetting in her way <laughs> <laughs> and then also like pissed on their graves <laughs> so but she doesn't have to tell anybody that right she just does it whereas phil price will sit there and, and tell you that he has to be the most powerful person in the room and that's what drives him and you're like okay To piggyback
0: off that, my next question to you guys was going to be, whose character stories this season did you like the most? And I think I'll I'll start because I think it's White Rose for me. I'm with such that Terrell might have been my favorite character from season one. So when looking back on season two, it blows my mind that we spent more time with White Rose than Terrell. That is a complete shock. But I loved the time we got to spend with White Rose. I like how enigmatic she is and that scene with her and Angela finally being in the same room. If you told me on paper you were going to... Because Angela, probably my second favorite character this season. So if you told me I was getting them in the same room, I'm on board. But I have no idea how you would make that appear logical within the show's narrative. And it totally worked for me. It was like a great moment of hyper-realism or magical realism. And you got to see the power of White Rose firsthand. Because after that point, Angela seems totally on board with whatever the Dark Army is doing. You know, maybe we'll find out White Rose has threatened her or uh, White Rose gave her information that completely convinced Angela. No matter what it is, White Rose showed her power in that second because she was able to flip Angela in a
2: heartbeat. Are you a giraffe or a seagull? I think uh, Sam Esmail called up David Lynch to direct that scene.
0: (laughs) Brianna, looking
2: back at Season 2,
0: what character stands out the most for you?
2: I have two. The first one is Angela. I love her character arc. I love the fact that, you know, for most of the season I had hopes about, you know, how she was gonna act and she would act completely differently. And I didn't know whose side she was on and I I really loved how her character was pretty much playing both sides and then also was coming into her own. And as a young woman in the workforce, I for myself, like it was actually really interesting to watch her advocate for herself. I think one of my favorite lines this season was when she says to Price, this is what I want and I'm asking for it. <laughs> Just, you know, in a in a very personal way, that kind of resonated with me. But then at the same time, of course, she's doing it, she's sort of being a double agent but then you find out that Price kind of knew about it and was helping her along and I I just, I loved her character because I, I, like I said I had hopes about uh, what she was trying to do but even you know, when I would have a guess, it would always surpass my guess. so I love that and fuck we have to talk to each other on the subway it's a long way from getting high and watching Back to the Future, too. And then another woman that I loved this season was uh, Dom, Grace Gummer's character. Dom is, she's such a badass. And, you know, we find out in the finale that, like, she's, she's outmaneuvered all of them. And, you know, she gets mansplained, too, like every episode.
0: (laughs) Her FBI boss is so annoying. Yeah.
2: But she's also but she's she's smart and she's diligent and she's got good instincts and um, she really sticks to her guns. And I think the scene between her and Angela was really great to watch because it's these two women who are very confident in themselves and and confident in what they're trying to do. But they also very clearly have their own sort of personal misgivings. And we get to watch Grace Gummer go home and talk to her only friend <laughs> in the world,
3: Alexa. Alexa, when is the
2: end of the world? Unless it collides with a very large rock or a future technology goes very wrong indeed. Earth is most likely to be destroyed when the sun swells into a red giant in several billion years time. And I'll And I'll also just add to... Angela's character that I thought the most charming scene for me of the whole season was watching her go visit Elliot in what we now know was a prison (laughs) but you know was at his mom's table and seeing the chemistry between the two of them they it was the first time that either of them had smiled genuinely in the whole second season and I thought that that played really well so I also like their relationship and the fact that you know she's willing to do all of this stuff essentially for their history and for their relationship, but she's also doing it for her own reasons, so.
0: Stutch, let me let you chime in on season two characters as well. If you've got a favorite character from the season, hit me with it.
1: (laughs) Well, I think, as I was saying before, Darlene, first of all, taking over that house.
0: Oh, pretty badass. That's a badass hat. her
1: new F Society headquarters. And then murdering her interruption (laughs) coming back to her house. I did not think Darlene had it in her to murder someone. And she seemed very, very fine with it at the end. (laughs) She seemed like she was planning on doing it from the beginning and did not have any regrets.
0: Which is mind-blowing because they seem, I know the body count kind of ticked up in season two, but they make a big deal of making murder feel like a big deal. Because Elliot early on that's like the one moral line he doesn't want to cross if he's in charge.
1: Oh yeah, he's like Batman.
0: Yeah, 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 very Batman-y. Down to the to the black hood, I suppose. To the cowl. <laughs> but Darlene, no problem. She, she was ready to cross it. I think it'll be really interesting to see if she ends up siding with her brother and the Dark Army still, or if she is convinced by whatever Dom just threw at her, getting back to what Brianna said with the Angela and Dom scene humble brag I guess I talked to the writer who wrote that episode and she was like I loved having those two characters in the same room because they're both so capable and powerful but don't realize that if they just relied on each other life would be a lot easier for them and so that's basically the situation Darlene is in now with Dom if they you know I assume if they joined forces it would be a better result for Darlene than if she heads back to the dark army side and tries to play it out, knowing that the FBI might be one step ahead of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Now that she, now that she has seen what they have. I mean, I I think what was interesting about that whole scene with Darlene at the FBI is like, she's really, really trying to be cocky. Uh, And I would have to say like my, my favorite bit of the finale was who is it? Santiago? Is that, is that Dom's, uh, partner? The, yeah, the FBI says, boss. Yeah, yeah. Says, uh, you, you think you're on a television yeah. show? But this isn't burn notice. <laughs> uh, I, that's hysterically just because I was like, good job, USA, for being, uh, for being a little self reflective there and, and self aware. <laughs> and also, like, a little nod to the rest of us watching at home. Like, you are now no longer, like, there is no burn notice on this network anymore.
0: But there's this thing called the Patriot Act that a bunch of people signed into law. Do you know what that means? It means that you are not on some TV show. This isn't burn notice. I don't want to keep you guys too long and I will ask you about what you're looking forward to the most for season three. But I want to just do if there is one thing you are going to tell to, you know, other friends, you talk to Mr. Robot about (laughs) what is what it like? What's the first thing that comes to mind for you about this season, whether it's good or bad?
1: It has to be the uh, the 80s sitcom, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. To take to take your show and, and just start it there. And just completely change tone, change visuals, change everything. <laughs> and play on that whole 80s sitcom. That was just... And take these characters and put them in this 80s sitcom world, but still have it be funny and and dark. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's there's no... 80s sitcom that was like, oh was he smacking his
2: mom around?
0: Yeah. At the one point? And uh, I think his mom sticks a, a cigarette into Darlene's
2: arm and like they Yes, Darlene's yeah. <laughs> her. <they're into it. laughs> and Alf murders uh, Gideon. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was,
1: yeah, I love I love the episode after Gideon gets killed off. We bring him back just to get killed off in 30 seconds
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> I love how committed they were to it. It's not three minutes of an episode. It's like twenty minutes of an episode and it's the real Alf voice actor and it's the people who wrote the full house theme writing the theme song. They it was like super committed. Just one of like many awesome visuals this year. Like just to name a couple others. I like vividly remember Elliot digging through his own vomit after ah! Adderall pills. <laughs> yeah, to watch. Or the uh the scene where he is in kernel panic and everything's kinda glitching and the sound is is all chopped up. Like they really did some cool stuff this year. Uh, from that perspective
2: what's one thing from this season that i would talk to my other friends about we talked a lot about the sort of the prison construct did it work for you do you think ultimately i knew something was up i didn't i didn't want i don't i don't know that i wanted it to be i think a lot of people thought it was a mental institution i think what worked for me about it in the end was what he got put away for because my, you know, in talking with friends about it, we're like, was well, he in for murder because he he murdered Wellick, or is he in for you know something with the the Dark Army? And no, it just turns out that he's that he's in jail because that d bag who <laughs> was, was cheating on his wife with Krista decided to get even with him. And I thought it was like a nice sort of nod to even the smallest characters in this show are consequential. Yeah. Uh, which I I enjoyed. But I got I I think for me the best part about the the prison was Leon. <laughs> well, and even even he
0: is a good example of a small character that really pays off cuz like I would have loved him just for the Seinfeld and his yes. love of Paul Reiser, but yeah. then he turns out to be some dark army ninja who is a guardian angel to Elliot.
2: Who shows up at the end? Oh the yeah, the very end. <laughs> he just got the last line yeah, of the
0: season, you, basically. What do you think his? Uh,
1: what do you think he's gonna do to Mobley and and Trent?
0: Personally, I think if he wanted to eliminate somebody, it would have happened already. Like, I feel I really do think of Leon now as some type of dark army ninja. So in my mind, maybe he's preventing them from rewinding everything because it sounds like trenton and mobley are close to being able to do that if they so choose but i feel like he's there to to shepherd them back into the fold more so than he is to erase them
1: yeah i certainly hope so maybe he's more of an ambassador than an an assassin
0: and then there's
3: this one where they're stuck in a garage the whole time like what that's not a tv show bro where's the story it just makes no sense
0: i gotta get your thoughts on what you think is to come so after getting season two and now we're through it what is the thing you are looking most forward to or maybe the thing you expect to happen most when you're looking towards season three
1: i want i would like to know well of course i want to see if the building gets taken down we've already (laughs) seen darlene become a murderer but we don't know yet if elliot has murdered anyone like he could have as mr robot we don't really know if, if elliot has ever murdered anyone but if he's gonna blow up a building. He's going to go from, from a little <laughs> bit below Darley down the scale to way above with a
0: with a, some domestic terrorism.
2: <laughs> Just a mild yeah, domestic terrorism. He will be It'll the be most be fine. violent
0: man. <laughs> I mean, to, to piggyback off that, the thing I really want to know in season three, and I assume we will find out, is what was going on with Wellick for seriously. 12 episodes. <laughs> He, you know, he's under the impression, and rightfully so that he's the most wanted man in this universe. So he can't even make contact with Joanna. Those turn out to be you know calls from Scott Knowles, but he's been in seemingly constant communication with Elliot. They talk like, oh, you know, this is the plan we came up with. This is the room we've had the entire time. It's just Elliot, you know, and we are not in on it because we're with Elliot and not with Mr. Robot. So I would love to know how he. Goes from being like the most wanted man ever as this hack goes down to off the face of the earth, off the grid, able to mastermind this stage two plan along with Elliot. I I assume the Dark Army swept in there really quickly, and it, it probably plays into that. You know they always say Elliot lost three days of memory about what happened around the hacks, so it feels like we we have to get that answer in the next season. Yeah, I season. thought we
1: would see that, those three days already, and i I still want to know what happened during those three days.
0: It might be the biggest lingering question left, yeah. no doubt, because that that was like I don't maybe I I don't even think it was the finale of season one. It might have been the penultimate episode of season one where you get that inkling the hack has happened and Elliot has no idea what. What just went I think down?
2: for me, the the things that I'm interested in for season three are, we touched on this a little bit, but Trenton and Mobley, what happens with their ability to sort of turn back the clock or or put back all this information? And, you know, if, if, if they went through this hack and, and we went through all of season one of, on all of season two. And then they just go, Oh, we can reverse it. I will be <laughs> so disappointed. But I think that, you know, either, you know, a buddy of mine was saying, we watched it together and he was saying, well, you know, maybe it's going to be something where they doctor the the information and then put it all back online. Right. That, that they, they change the the information and then restore it. And then, you know, that way they can sort of restore order. And, you know, Trenton does say, you know, I miss my family and I'm sick of living here and I want to be able to go home. And, you know, she's kind of the only one with this outside life that we get to see that's actually kind of normal. So it would be interesting to see, you know, what she's willing to do to get back to that and to protect her family. It would actually, you bring it up, it would be super exciting to see
0: her get a little more screen time in season three like some of these other characters got in season two because we still don't really know that much about the Mobley, Trenton. I mean, Romero, we're not going to learn much about it this <laughs> yeah. point. in R.I.P. Killed but... by a
2: stray bullet. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, what yeah, a, what a sad we way we to go. We all thought it was
2: part of the plan, <laughs> and Grace Gummer is just like, nope. we yeah. in
0: a bad neighborhood, I guess. Ugh. Well, Brianna and Mike... I totally appreciate getting to nerd out a bit on season two with you guys. I apologize for not getting to do this kind of stuff more often. So if you're willing, I'll get you back on the podcast for Mr. Robot or some other show if we Any start following this Any <laughs> time. Our next guest needs no introduction if you're listening to a Mr. Robot podcast. Stephanie Corneliuson has captivated Mr. Robot's audience basically from the get-go, as Joanna Wellick started as this enigmatic puppet master behind the scenes of the seemingly all-capable Terrell Wellick, and then in season two, she showed that she was the one in charge all along. Joanna Wellick has proven to be beautiful, brilliant, uh, and quite brutal when she needs to be. And so we called up Stephanie Corneliuson to hear all about Joanna Wellick's Season 2 experience. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Nathan. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. It's a pleasure on my end to get to pick your brain a little bit and chat with you today.
3: Yeah, go ahead. Take away.
0: I feel like the only place I can start is this finale. And perhaps uh, maybe the most shocking moment, certainly one of my favorites. Tell me, did the line Joanna say to Scott Knowles... Rank among the meanest things you've ever heard said on television this week. How did you feel about it?
3: It was so funny when that we, obviously, we do these big table reads. And this time around, we did five scripts and then another five scripts, which then ended up being 12. But we did it as such. And (laughs) when we got to the place in the script where I was saying those lines, I read them, you know, internally before saying them out loud. And as I was supposed to utter the, prepared to utter the first part of the sentence, I just stopped. And I looked up, and I looked across the table, and I looked at Sam Ismail and I just gave him that kind of, you know, like, what? Like, I can't say this. And he just looked at me, and he gives me one of those very famous Sam scowls that are like, go ahead. And I was like, all right. And then I said it, and everyone, we're reading along, obviously, but hearing it out loud, we kind of just all burst out laughing because it's just so, you know, so woven.
0: It was a perfect Joanna moment. Here's Scott Knowles, kind of pouring his soul out to you, and then thinking he can have the upper hand for a moment and really manipulate you. And all of a sudden, with a few simple words, you turn the tables on him immediately.
3: Absolutely, it was very. It's the first time I think we've seen Joanna really be Joanna. <laughs> you know, she 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 keeps it cool and calm, and and always very poised and <laughs> classy. I just want to say this is the first time she was really like. You know, obviously everything is beefed out, but there was a there was a lot
0: of effort. <laughs> I mean, that scene obviously a, a big highlight. But with season two now done and the in the finale and now done, could you talk a little bit about you know how you were feeling about Joanna this season? Um, she was obviously involved in season one, but became such a more prominent part of the series. And this last episode in particular showed just how incredibly forward thinking and capable she is because. Obviously, she's had this ploy against Scott Knowles uh, in the back of her night since the day that murder of Scott Knowles' wife happened.
3: Oh, yeah. she is, She is, Joanna plays the long game. She's in it for the long game. And I was actually really happy that the audience finally saw um, what her plan had been all along. Joanna has become this very popular character. And I, of course, love that she's <laughs> so popular cause I love her. She really became a fan favorite and the fans love her and everything she was getting herself into the season seems to just be acceptable by the fans. Everybody loves her story. But then finally getting to that turning point, that burning question of what has she been doing? What has her her actual thing? What has her story been besides just scheming and scamming as as per usual? (laughs) You know, letting the audience find out that she had this master plan, really going back to what we saw her see in season one, which is this incredible master manipulator and then finally getting a card out in this last season episode where we were like here you go this is what she's been
0: doing i mean i know the finale had to deal with a lot of questions and answers but as a fan that might have been the most satisfying moment because it was something i didn't expect it was in plain sight but at the same time uh very surprising and super super well thought out
3: yeah absolutely i was especially happy because when um when I read the script originally, I'd only gotten the first five scripts. And there was a lot of Joanna's storyline involving this new boyfriend. And, you know, being, being part of Joanna, it's a, it's a team effort between me and Sam and the writers who write for Joanna. Um, I just couldn't see her fall in love with some bartender. <laughs> I, was actually, I was physically upset tears in my eyes. You know, really, like, calling Sam and going, you have to explain this to me because this is not Atlanta. (laughs) And he said, don't worry, there's a plan. And then finally, he he started telling me a little bit about what was going to happen. And I was like, okay, 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 never mind. It's good, it's good, we're good. I was happy that everyone knew that it was just a plan. He He was just a pond in her
0: our okay. game. It's super interesting that I, I know you've said in past interviews, you know, you didn't get to know much about Joanna before you signed on to the show in the first place, but even in season two as Joanna is growing in prominence you have to keep a little bit of mystery for you as an actor. What was that experience like when you finally got the reveal? Tell me at least a little bit about, I feel like this last episode in particular was such a it, it finally gave us as viewers a clear picture of what had been going on all along. So I'm wondering how you reacted to that and then when you order the hit on Kareem, I feel like that was another extremely surprising moment.
3: The hit on Kareem, first of all, was almost like a gentleman agreement between between her and Kareem, just without him <laughs> actually being aware of any any deal that was made. Sort of like a deal with the devil, right? And Joanna you know, has this twisted almost sense of of right and wrong and justice, you know, as humans, were are born with this innate sense of justice. And I think in Joanna's world or in her mind, it's just a little bit skewed from what hmm. the rest of us consider uh, normal. And to her, you know, he's obviously posing as a threat when he starts saying that he's going to talk and all these things. And she does actually try to explore other avenues and try to, you know, keep him safe to a certain extent. And it shows that he just can't be kept quiet. She decides, you know, almost justifies it as she's doing him a favor. <laughs> At least if he's going to go out, she'll she'll make it dignified.
0: <laughs> she's
3: just nuts. <laughs> I freaking love her. Same thing with Scott with Knowles, you know. I, I have this theory, and I actually haven't discussed this with Sam. But I think that Joanna was initially getting the the boyfriend, the, the Derek uh, Derek the DJ I call him. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, DJ Derek was being set up, I think, as the scapegoat for her to clear Tyrell. But then as, you know, everything progresses and she finds out that it's actually indeed Scott Knowles who has been sending her all these gifts and been tormenting her for for pretty much the entire season. I think she switches her motive, but I don't know. It could have been her plan all along. She definitely the, the plan was definitely to get Tyrell off some way somehow.
0: And it wouldn't surprise me if you know it's showing how capable Joanna has been. If she did have to pivot, of course she'd be able to pull it off. That makes total sense to me.
2: Oh yeah,
3: absolutely. You know the the, ob- the objective remains the same, but however it's handled, you know we can go we can go A B C or we can go from A to to X. <laughs> She she has she hasn't she
0: has a plan for that again she does. Well, I I know you as a person are a big proponent of the show. You you know have talked about how much you enjoy playing Joanna and you interact with fans you know so much when the show is airing. I'm wondering, as a fan, looking back at season two, what character stood out to you the most, or kind of interested you the most, and would you want Joanna to interact with that person somehow in season three?
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously, Angela, I think, has such an interesting story this season. Of all the evolution of the characters that we see in this season, I think Angela has the most, just the most almost extreme one. You know, she really goes from being, she, she becomes a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, it, 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 to me, it's almost like a Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> you know, like she literally just joins the dark side. And I would love to see if wherever Angela is going, if she could become friends with Joanna, because I think they're starting to look more and more alike. I think White Rose and Joanna, funny BD, he hit me up on Twitter um, and <laughs> the finale, and he was like, what do you think? White Rose and and uh, Joanna? Should we get some, uh, <laughs> some Bloody Marys? I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I would watch that deleted scene absolutely, and I guess if if both of them are involved with Terrell now, who knows it's a possibility
3: and Angela too, which by the way, I did not know was going to happen. <laughs> I was sitting there watching as a fan because I am uh, a huge fan of the show, and all of a sudden that phone call I was just I was screaming at the TV I'm so <laughs> happy I didn't break anything because I was about to throw stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I, I want to ask you one more question as a fan, and then I've got one more about Joanna. As a fan, looking back at season two, whether it is Joanna-centric or otherwise, what surprised you the most? There was
3: a lot of moments. One of my favorite moments was actually, you know, that, that whole process of us discovering that Elliot's been in jail, <laughs> but not, not that in particular, even though that was a huge twist. Um, which a lot of people, by the way, have figured out, but, but not me. I didn't know until I read it. I was like, oh, okay. But the fans are super smart, I gotta say that. But it's um, a moment where Joey Badass um, comes up and, you know, um, Elliot's about to get attacked by these other inmates and then all of a sudden Joey Badass shows up like this ninja warrior out of nowhere, <laughs> and he rises and dies and he's left and right. And then turns around to Elliot and says, "Tell White Rose I did you good." That's when I was like, "Wait, whoa, what? What just happened?" And then the very last scene in the in the in the finale where he shows up and asks uh, Mowgli and Trenton a question. That was that was. I, I just want to know what's going on, like what's happening, what's his role. I almost feel like he has the same kind of introduction that I had in season one. You know, it was like, "Who is this character? What is?" What
0: is this deal? And certainly in very few scenes has shown immense capabilities. I know you only have a limited amount of time, but I want to ask you another Joanna question looking forward. Obviously, season three is very much in its infancy and will pan out. But i am if it was up to you, what are some things you'd like to see happen with Joanna moving forward?
3: Oh, there are so many. You, you ponder on so many things and there are so many fun things that I think you could do with her character. I would love to see her take, you know, she's been sort of acting like the Grey Eminence, um, <laughs> r- ruling behind the scenes, right? I, I would love to see her actually gain some some more power, but what I'm looking forward to the most is hopefully a, a, a reunion between her and Tyrell. I, I know for a fact, because I know her intimately, that she's missed him quite quite a bit.
0: <laughs> and they also tend to make a pretty good team so it would be entertaining if you could see the old gang back together in that sense
3: exactly and I would love to see what happens when when and if um, Joanna and Tyrell are reunited and he all of a sudden slaps Elliot in, <laughs> in the door and goes by the way you've met <laughs> you're like yep <laughs> yeah.
0: what's up Ollie yeah things very different if that happens yeah. next time <laughs> <laughs> exactly well Stephanie, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Congratulations on an epic season of television, and I only hope that Joanna continues to become more and more prominent going forward because she's one of my favorite characters, and it was a thrill to get to hear a little bit about her behind the scenes.
3: Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much.
0: That's it for this week's Decrypted. Thanks this week go out to my pals, Mike and Brianna, to Stephanie Corneliuson, and as always, to the Audio Network. Make sure you're following Decrypted wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, or directly through RSS. If you got questions, comments, or thoughts, feel free to reach out to us, either through the Ars Technica forums or via email, social at arstechnica.com. Just put Mr. Robot in the subject line. We're on a hiatus as Mr. Robot goes into hibernation until Season 3 comes back. A special thanks to everyone who listened throughout this season and gave us reviews on iTunes, sent out tweets, emails, or other ways of providing the show feedback. Definitely hit us up as we'll be looking to fine-tune things for Season 3. Until next time...
3: As far as I'm concerned, my only statement to you is that I saw my boyfriend go brainless last night at dinner. I ordered the breakfast combo and he stole some of my bacon.